Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we meditate on this morning is from the book of Job, chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. There are many things in this world which, even if I personally don't like them that much, I can understand that they are good things. Uh, onions are one that comes to, uh, come to mind. Not my favorite food, but very healthy for you, and I, I do try and cook with them, even if I don't really like the taste that much. But there are other things in this world where it's hard to find any good at all in them. Mosquitoes, or was one example we talked about with the kids. Poison ivy, spiders, right? Viruses, etc. Why did God make mosquitoes? I don't know. They annoy me, and because they annoy me, because they annoy us, because they inconvenience us, and because we don't know what good they might do, we have a tendency to call them bad or even evil. The problem with that, of course, is that God called them good, didn't he? God saw all that he had made, and it was good. Learning to be thankful goes beyond simply learning contentment. Learning to be thankful goes beyond simply listing all the things in our life that we think are good. Learning to be thankful goes beyond merely not coveting. True thankfulness to the Lord is, as Job shows us in our text this morning, learning to accept with thanks not only those things that we think are good, but all that God has given us. Knowing that God is good, and if God made it and sent it, it must be good, even if we don't understand. Job teaches us a valuable lesson in our text. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? What Job teaches us here is at the very heart of what it means to be thankful and what it means to be content. Learning to accept whatever God sends. 
One of the problems that we have is that we simply aren't capable of deciding what is good and what is evil. We see a mosquito and we call it bad, but God calls it good. And our psalm this morning, <clears throat> the first, our first reading, reminds us that it is God's place to judge and to decide what is good and evil, not ours. Psalm 19, verse 9, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Paul reminds us also in Ephesians 5.20 that we ought to give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You notice that Paul does not say we ought to find a reason for giving thanks in all things. He says we simply ought to give thanks in all things. He's not telling us when you meet adversity or suffering that you, that you should find a, a silver lining in the cloud. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what Paul is talking about here. Paul says we ought to simply give thanks regardless of what's coming at us in our life. We think of those times when Paul himself suffered. He was imprisoned. He was um, persecuted. He was stoned. Paul didn't look for a reason why the imprisonment was a good thing. He simply sang hymns of thanksgiving to God. For those of you who have recently been to college or are soon to go, you, have, you probably had or probably will have a, a course in morality. They dress it up. They sometimes give it fancy names, but basically a course in which you discuss what is right and what is wrong and how to tell the difference between what is right and wrong. And your professor will almost certainly begin the course with, a, with the following postulate. It will say either, one of two things is true, either morality exists apart from God and therefore we can seek it and find it for ourselves, or they'll say what we call morality is simply arbitrary rules that God sets down, in which case, why can't we make our own arbitrary rules? But they ignore the third possibility, one that Scripture makes very clear, that we are like children before God not capable of knowing good and evil because we don't know the outcome of all of our actions. And therefore, we ought to accept that which God tells us and let him be the judge. We see the truth of this from the very beginning. Adam and Eve thought that they could judge good and evil better than God, and they were very much wrong. Paul reminds us in Romans 3, 4, let God be true, but every man a liar. That is to say, it's better that God is proven correct and every man wrong than the other way around. One of the things that we are thankful for this morning and one of the things that we uh, celebrate on Thanksgiving is the nation that God has given to us. And as we look forward to the future of our nation and the future that our children will have, we can be worried and see that there are, are many problems in our society. Abortion and marriage and drugs, and society and education. But underlying all, underlying all of these surface problems is a, a deeper issue, isn't it? 
And that's the tendency that our society has to assume that we can judge God rather than to allow God to judge us. The tendency that we ourselves are often guilty of, of saying, this is good and this is bad. A few weeks ago, the kid said, well, it's probably more than a few weeks ago now. <clears throat> anyway, earlier this year, the kids had the story of Ruth in Sunday school. and In that story, you see the example of Naomi, who loses her husband and both her sons, but doesn't attempt to judge God's actions. Simply accepts it. From God. This is from God, she says. She's not exactly happy about it, but she accepts it as being from God. And that's the attitude that we need to learn of true thankfulness. Paul tells us again in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to learn not to conform God's will and word to our judgment or understanding, but rather we need to learn to be transformed by his law. We need to learn <clears throat> what it means not to attempt to judge God or his works, but to be judged by him. We, learn, we need to learn uh, not to say this is evil or this is good, but to say thank you, Lord, for light and dark, for birds and mosquitoes, for flowers and mold. Well, that doesn't mean we just leave the mold growing in our homes. Well, that's not a good thing. We know that. But it does mean learning thankfulness to God in all that he sends in our life, trusting in his wisdom. Today, God's law, God's word, has judged us. And that, too, is something that we tend to think of as unpleasant and not good. We don't like it when people judge us and tell us we're wrong. But once again, whatever we might think of it, it is something that we know, we ought to know, is good. Psalm 19, 11, again, our psalm that we read a little bit ago. By them, that is, by your judgments, your servant is warned. Like Belshazzar, we have been judged and found wanting. But this, too, is something we ought to give thanks for, isn't it? Because God loves us, because of his grace, he has sent his law to remind us of our sins so that we do not die in them. And with that reminder of our sins has also sent his grace, his promises of a son, of a savior who died for those sins and has cleansed us from and washed away our guilt. Our psalm continues, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. God has revealed a depth to our sinfulness that we would not ever understand without his word. Paul reminds us that unless the law had told me not to covet, I wouldn't even have recognized it as a sin. God has revealed the darkness of our hearts, but he has also cleansed us from those secret faults. Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The thoughts of our hearts, our prayers, our worship this morning 
is acceptable to God. Our prayers rise before him like incense because of Jesus Christ, who has washed away our sin and has presented us holy and blameless before the throne of God. Today we rejoice in thanksgiving. We rejoice in thanksgiving that another year's worth of harvest has come in from the fields. We rejoice in thanksgiving for all the blessings that God has given to us this year. We rejoice in thanksgiving that soon we will be able to sit down with our family and enjoy a feast and enjoy fellowship with one another and time together. We rejoice in thanksgiving for the nation that he has given to us in which, for now at least, we can still worship free from persecution and danger and serve the Lord in all that, that he has given to us through it. But above and more important than these things, we rejoice in thanksgiving that he has counted us worthy and has taken the time to discipline us as sons through his word, to remind us of our sins, and even more importantly, has sent his son to die for us so that we can live with him. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you would give us such faith like Job, Naomi, and Paul, which is able to accept all things from your hand in thanksgiving, and, to, and that you would forgive our ungratefulness when we doubt your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.